Daisy. And I'm Terry. And this is the Monday Monday Mindset Mindset Podcast, Podcast. where we share things of interest to us and hopefully to you. So let's get started with episode number 185. And this week, it's Daisy's turn to share something with us. Daisy, what do you have? Well, Terry, I have a rant. Well, I have a combination of things, but first of all, I want to have a bit of a rant. And it was what I'm going to rant about, which then led me to go and find something specifically for the topic that I wanted to talk about as a sort of counter to the rant. So the rant is about, now, I don't think you have this program in the States. Be thankful for this. You have other programs similar, but I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And they pack off a load of celebrities to the jungle in Australia. I have to say at this point, I have never watched this program apart from maybe partial episode by mistake. I don't know how many series they've had. It's been going 10 years or something. I do not watch it. I hate it. But they send a bunch of celebrities over to the jungle in Australia and they have to do semi-survival thing where they have a campfire and they have to cook and it's not very hospitable environment and not very nice place to sleep and to wash and all the normal things. But then they get them to do, I think they're called bush tucker trials. They get them to do these awful trials some of which are, I think you must have to fill out a form saying what your biggest fear is. So you have to get something, which I think is like extra food for the team or something. So you have to do one of these trials, which could involve something like being stuck in a chamber, having to pull the stars out or whatever it is that are the rewards that you're going to get with something that will be your biggest fear. So me, it would be, you would be in this like, glass container and they would feed a load of spiders in there and you would have to so the most horrific things and having to eat awful things like crocodile testicles or whatever it is you know fish eye or you know they have to do all these hideous things and obviously then someone is crowned king or queen of the jungle and blah 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 and you know you have these different reality shows but it's the one it's always on this sort of time of year so it's always the run-up to Christmas and it's a it's a mix of different celebrities and that's kind of what happens and like I say I've never watched it so I am commenting on like third hand information here because I haven't watched the program itself but what has really been getting to me big time and you cannot avoid it is the stuff on social media So I've got a fairly good understanding of what's going on or like the highlights in quotation marks of what's been going on just by the stuff that comes out on social media. And you don't seem to be able to avoid it. You know, it's everywhere. So I follow a few newspaper channels and things like that. And it's, you know, it's on all of them. It's found its way to The Guardian. It's found its way to everywhere. So you don't just have to be following whatever trashy site. It finds its way onto your blooming feed, whatever you do. And I don't know whether it's always been like this, whether it's got worse and worse, but it's something that I've been noticing more and more on social media about all sorts of things. And I don't know why it's bothering me more at the moment. Maybe it's something about this time of year that is kind of supposed to be, whether you're into the religious sides 
of things or whether you're not, you know. It's supposed to be a time of goodwill, isn't it? Christmas is a goodwill to all men and you've got Thanksgiving in the States and you've got this holiday and that holiday for almost any sort of religion. It's supposed to be a time of, you know, being upbeat and feeling a bit happy. And I know that's not the case for everyone, but you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. So I don't know whether I was thinking about it earlier today and I was wondering, you know, well, why is it bothering you so much? Or whether it is just getting progressively worse. But it's the narrative that's coming through on social media and the just what I think anyway, I see it as a blatant manipulation and divisiveness and, you know, we've had quite a few episodes recently, haven't we, about talking to people with different opinions and things and not trying to get away from this siloing, from this divisiveness, from this them and us. And what I've been seeing in these posts is it just feels like it's almost they're almost taking the piss with the level of manipulation. You know, it's I see it as blatant, but what's upsetting me is people just sort of swallowing it and going along with it and the vitriol and the bile that's coming out in the comments on some of these posts you know already you start off with the program they structure it you can tell they've got a narrative they want and they want their viewers and all the rest of it so you can see from the celebrities that they choose that they're going to pit people against each other or they're going to have people fall for each other or whatever it is they want drama and they'll have favorites before they start and then different things happen but you can see how the program makers themselves are manipulating it and then you get the social media take it and of course what they show you so they've not only tried to manipulate and stage things but then they are selective in what they show you on the television programs and then from that it's like your exaggeration on exaggeration on exaggeration then you get the social media posts which are cherry picking from the programs and the programs are cherry picking from you see where I'm going with this mm-hmm. but it's just been I've just found it awful you know and people and I've been guilty of this there'll be a post on social media where it's a headline and a picture and there is maybe an article that goes with it people don't read the article they comment on the headline but what I'm finding more and more is I will click and have a look at the article and the article bears very little relation to the headline. The headline is there is to stir up divisiveness, is to it's clickbait, it's to get your attention. And this is what I've been seeing with this I'm a celebrity program. You know, they'll have a headline and they'll put a picture of this this woman Nella Rose has been at the heart of it. I don't know her, but she's uh, she's a young black woman who um, she's a YouTuber and she's been pitted against Nigel Farage, who is this old white dude, basically right wing known for being sort of anti-immigration and basically racist. They've also pitted her against Fred, who seems to be a nice guy, won't, you know, won't go into the details, but I'm just seeing these snippets and I can see the way they're driving it and they're they're trying to change public opinion this way and that. But they'll put her picture and they'll put a headline and it could be about somebody else. You know, Grace Dent was in there, who's she's my 
favorite restaurant critics. She's great. She's on MasterChef and she's she's wonderful. But they had and this this is a good example of blatant lies. She went in there basically couldn't handle it, came out. I think she lasted, she did last a week. So kudos to her for that. But they said, Grace Dent looked glowing when she went in. They had like a before and after picture. And look at her now looking gaunt and thin and ill on her way back. Photos taken a week, two weeks apart, looking very similar. She had similar clothes on, similar makeup. And I thought, hold on a minute. I'm looking at this image, these two images The glowing one literally was glowing because they had a warm filter on it. They'd laid Photoshop filters on it and the after had cold filters on it. And so she did look a bit gaunt and drawn and all the rest of it. Actually, if you'd have taken those two images and done the same things to them, would have looked almost identical. But they have these headlines and these images and then people are commenting. And there's, like I say, there's just all this negativity. There's all this, you know, Nigel Farage for MP and Nella Rose. The, the comment seems to be with any of these celebrity programs. Well, who is she anyway? I don't know her. That seems to be the the way that you're you're beating them with a stick. But It's just been really getting me down. It's really been getting to me. And it's just more and more and more all the time. And like I say, I don't know, is it always like this? Has it got worse? It feels to me like it's it's got worse. And I just feel like we need to be aware. I feel like a lot of these people who are commenting, they don't seem to show any awareness that they're being really manipulated into being nasty basically, is what it comes down to. So I wanted to do an episode after I'd had my rant, which I hope makes some sense. I feel like as I'm going on, I'm just rambling and ranting, but you get the general idea. What I keep saying at the screen as I'm looking at things is people just need to be a bit more kind. Be kind. Why can't people just be more kind? That's what we need. We need a bit more kindness. Because I have seen some great benefits come out of some of these reality shows. I've seen some good conversations. I could have seen, if you were being generous with the program makers, I could have seen some potentially really good conversations coming out of a young black woman talking to a middle-aged white guy who has said quite a lot of racist stuff. Potentially, I could see... Being in that stressful environment, team building exercises, chats around the campfire, I could potentially have seen some good coming out of that, some good conversations and those two people going away better for it and us as viewers being better for it. And maybe some of that does come out of it. Like I say, I don't watch it, but it feels to me like they're not, that's not their goal. Their goal is just to divide, is just to churn up these horrible emotions. So I went looking, had a bit of a Google. What are the benefits of being kind? You know, we all know, yeah, you should be kind. It's nice to be kind. It's all, you know, nice and fluffy and all the rest of it. But had a Google and I came up with this article from everydayhealth.com. Seven ways being kind is good for your health and well-being. This is written by Michelle Lent-Hirsch and Jessica Migala. 
So for those listeners who are still with us after my rather lengthy rant, yes, seven ways being kind is good for your health and well-being. So not just for the obvious reasons that being kind, but maybe, you know, it's really doing you some good. And so they say that you know that showing somebody kindness can make you feel good inside. We all know that. But you may not know that there's scientific research that suggests that those warm, fuzzy feelings are also good for your long-term health and well-being. Kelly Harding, who is an assistant clinical professor of psychiatry at Columbia University Irving Medical Center in New York City. That was lengthy, (laughs) a lengthy title. Um, She says, small acts of kindness are an essential and often overlooked component of health. And she is also the author of a book called The Rabbit Effect, Live Longer, Happier and Healthier with the Groundbreaking Science of Kindness. Now, I'm like, the rabbit effect? What what does that have? What bearing does that have on kindness? So, of course, I had to Google that. So thanks to Amazon. Interesting title when it comes to kindness. But apparently, and this is this um, Dr. Kelly Harding, and when she began her clinical practice, um, she never intended to explore the invisible factors beyond behind our health. But then there were the rabbits. Okay, this is where the rabbits come in. In 1978, a seemingly straightforward experiment designed to establish the relationship between high blood cholesterol and heart health in rabbits discovered that kindness in the form of a particularly nurturing postdoc who pet and spoke to the lab rabbits as she fed them, made the difference between a heart attack and a healthy heart. So that's where the rabbit effect came in. Just a a quick little aside there, because I was intrigued by the title. So kindness is when we do something to benefit someone else. And as the American Psychological Association explains, it's usually thought of as being motivated by truly wanting to help somebody, not by fear of punishment or an attempt to get a reward in exchange for your behavior. And kindness, of course, can also be practiced towards ourself, self-kindness, as we were talking about last week, which uh, some of us find so difficult. But both kindness towards others and kindness towards yourself benefits your health and well-being. And here are some of the ways in which that happens. Uh, Number one, kindness is an antidote to stress. And you can see why I found this interesting after my social media ranty stuff, because it feels like this to me feels like the counter. Some of these things are some of the things we can do to counter, I think, some of the nastiness that comes through. We've talked over and over, you say this all the time, that short bursts of stress aren't bad. Our body is primed to deal with them, but it's the chronic stress. And I think this is where something like social media, it's insidious because it trickles in bit by bit by bit. But our bodies can't necessarily tell the difference between the kind of stress when you've got to just run for a train because you're late or just the ongoing stress of this nastiness in social media and other kind of stresses that we have all the time. But this kind of chronic stress can lead to anxiety, depression, heart disease, sleep problems, cognitive dysfunction. And one of the ways to ease this, kindness. On an individual level, kindness buffers stress. 
Um, Dr. Harding says it lowers cortisol and blood pressure, reduces pain, anxiety, depression, and boosts our immune system. And one review apparently concluded that kindness promotes generosity, connection with others, connection with others, not a divisiveness and a parting from others, which I think is what comes often from these social media posts, and a feeling of inclusion, which ultimately can improve your resilience against stress. It's not that practicing kindness eliminates the stressor itself, but regularly practicing kindness bolsters your ability to cope and respond more calmly to stressors that show up. So it feels like an antidote to me. Um, The second one leads on from the first one. Kindness can help with anxiety and depression. Being good to others can go a long way in supporting your own mental health. And so, of course, can directing that kindness towards yourself. And I've I found that in the past when I've had some really bad bouts of depression, I would actually feel the benefit of, even though I couldn't necessarily turn it on myself, I could feel the benefit from being helpful to others in, you know, in my Facebook group or something like that. I could, I could feel the benefit of that. And it does sort of have a bit of a feedback loop on yourself, I think. In one study, practicing Meditation that promotes positivity and kindness for yourself and others rather than anger or self-loathing was found to be effective in helping treat depression and social anxiety alone or when included in CBT, cognitive behavioral therapy. A third one, kindness may improve heart health. And this goes back to the, the book, The Rabbit Effect, and what she was discovering with that. Those who have psychological well-being, defined as having purpose in life, optimism and happiness, have a lower likelihood of developing cardiovascular disease, suggested by research. And practicing kindness is a measure of this type of well-being. Kindness creates positive social connection, which is known to lower blood pressure, cortisol and stress. And you've done a couple of episodes on this, haven't you? The benefits of kindness and the benefits of that's that study, wasn't it? What's the, uh, oh, the Harvard study. Yeah, I think it's interesting, Daisy, the way you're describing it, because I think sometimes what we don't remember is it benefits both sides. It benefits the person receiving the kindness and it benefits the person expressing the kindness or demonstrating the kindness. So it it has positive well-being, mood, and health influence on both the receiver and the giver. Exactly. And this is something that will impact a lot of our listeners. Kindness may help with diabetes management. When blood sugar isn't properly controlled and you're dealing with one of the many complications that can arise from the disease, you may find that your mood suffers. A curious thing happens, though, when you use self compassion. Uh, According to research, people with type 1 or type 2 diabetes who practiced self-compassion for eight weeks had reduced depression scores and distress associated with their diseases. And they also decreased their A1C scores. So self-kindness may decrease stress hormones and soothe your nervous system, which as we know, may also affect your blood sugar when, you know, when things like cortisol 
are involved. The fifth one, kindness can help people with cancer feel supported. This is exactly what you were just saying. Kindness helps the giver and receiver. People who had early stage breast cancer and performed random acts of kindness to others said they felt more social support as it may help strengthen connection with others, make people feel more connected and increase one's social circle. People feel and function better even with serious illnesses such as cancer when they have kindness and positive social support in their lives, says Dr. Harding. The more buffers for negative stress we create with kindness, the healthier we feel even with tough diseases or challenges that arise. Kindness promotes happiness. Being kind and recognizing when you are acting kind may increase your happiness. Past research has found that when participants kept track of their own kind behavior toward other people and counted the number of kind acts they did each day for a week, they reported feeling happier compared with a control group who didn't track their kindness. Reminds me of when I was a brownie. I don't know if you do you have brownies in the States? Mm-hmm. I remember that with the brownie pledge. I promised I will do my best to do my duty to God to serve the queen. <laughs> and help other people and keep the brownie. Can't remember exactly now. But one of the things was doing kind deeds, doing good yeah. deeds for other people. We left out the part about the queen, but yes, we had a <laughs> pledge as well. <laughs> they must be saying king these days, I guess. Uh, keeping track can help you in another way. More recent research found that people who performed kindness activities for seven days whether they were targeted towards friends and family, strangers or themselves, reported a boost in happiness. And the kinder they were, measured in terms of the more acts of kindness performed, the happier they were. And the last one, kindness may help you live longer. If I haven't persuaded you already, perhaps this one will. There are a few different areas of research that suggests kindness can help you live longer. First of all, kindness can help foster a sense of purpose. Dr. Harding says people with a sense of purpose are more likely to live longer and have significantly lower risk of heart disease, strokes and dementia. One study of nearly 13,000 adults over the age of 50 found that those who had the highest sense of purpose had 46% lower risk of mortality as well as more optimism and less loneliness. Kindness may also impact an important marker of health in the body called telomeres. Telomeres are part of our DNA and play a role in cell growth. I seem to remember learning about telomeres and the regeneration when it comes to hair loss. It's a, like a three-month cycle, isn't it? Anyway, aside... But the length of them is an important biological marker that is one aspect indicating how our bodies are aging. There was a study uh, in 2019 that showed that just a six-week workshop on cultivating kindness through loving-kindness meditation helped protect telomeres. And that may slow the biological aging process. Daisy, I'm curious from that one. Not that I doubt it at all, based on everything you've already said, but I'm curious if they shared at all any understanding or thoughts they have about how that happens. Why does kindness improve the telomere? I'm thinking it's length or strength or, you know, the length of the telomeres or whatever. 
they mention that at all? I'm just looking. No, I think you would have to go and have a bit more of a look at the study. But yeah, the length, it's the length of the telomeres that's important, apparently. That's the important biological marker. They do say, while protecting telomeres will not, of course, let you live forever, there's no question that interventions to protect your telomeres are helpful to your overall health. But yes, they don't tell you the mechanism how this kindness meditation has an impact on your telomeres. No, you would have to research further. <laughs> but really, I think, you know, I think the important ones for me are the, are the first ones, you know, the antidote to stress, the helping with anxiety and depression. That's what I went looking for an article for as an antidote to the way I was feeling reading these posts. And I would have thought, even if people aren't aware, like I say, I'm sure that some people aren't even aware how much they're being manipulated into basically fighting with each other. So how much are you aware when you get locked into that negativity cycle, into that divisiveness? How aware are you that that's actually damaging your health and well-being. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at, mm -hmm. is being aware of how much manipulation there is going on to getting people into this state that is not healthy. It's not nice. It's not healthy. It's not good for people's health and well-being. And so I, I just think we need to find an active way of countering that. So I think it starts with the awareness, seeing what's going on, seeing that you're being manipulated and then being aware of, of what that manipulation is doing in your body and your mind and how it's impacting your health, your mental health, your physical health. And what can you do to actively counter that? Because I think it's important. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of people just don't, don't fully appreciate the impact, something that is so part of most of our daily lives, the social media, how it sort of trickles in, seemingly trickles in little bit by little bit that doesn't have a massive impact. But I think it is having a big impact. I certainly feel like it's having a big impact on me, but I'm very aware of it. And I worry for people who aren't quite as aware of it. And I hope that doesn't come across as patronizing. It's just from some of the things I've been reading, it doesn't feel like people are aware of how much they're being manipulated. I think especially, this is the analogy that I'm, I'm going to compare it with here. Um, to me, it reminds me a little bit in, in my work setting, talking about emotional eating and healthy eating and foods that work for your body and foods that don't work for your body. I think over the years, many of us have learned to think of certain food choices, so problematic foods, like for me, it might be cookies or cake or desserts or treats, candy or something like that. We think of that, we associate it with being self-care because it feels good. And so when we have a stressful day and we need care, what do we reach for? some cookies, some candy, some treats. Whereas these things actually don't provide 
actual care, we've learned to substitute them. And I think in the examples you're sharing, the kind of group mentality, if I start reading these comments and then I jump in on them, I feel connected. I feel like it makes me part of this thing, which on the surface could be a positive thing. But what I'm connecting to is actually laying some groundwork in my brain that is to my demise, that is, you know, laying pathways that keep me focused in those negative thought loops and things. But because on the surface it feels connecting, we confuse it with self-care, that this is good for us, this is helping us versus, wow, this is really negatively affecting my mood, my outlook, my health. I don't think we see that because we stop at the very front looking at, oh, this feels good. 10,000 people wrote negative things and I did too. Now I'm part of a group. I feel associated or whatever versus, but what am I associating myself with? Negativity, vitriol, harshness or whatever. To me, it's deceiving. It on the surface feels like it's good for us or it's connecting us, where what it's really doing is some pretty destructive things from all of these examples that you shared that we can do the opposite of by using more kindness. But we're not often taught that. We're taught, join the crowd, Mm. join in, feel that connection. And of course, you and I talk about the power of connection, but being mindful, what are you connecting to? You know, there's a big difference in the kind of connections, a kind connection or a divisive connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you as you were talking about that, brought back the, the Facebook group that we met in. But remember how divisive that was. Remember how us and them mm-hmm. that became. And I can remember as you were talking about that, I thought, yeah, you know, that really that really describes that you're feeling sort of. Yeah, part of the gang, part of a gang that's fighting with the other gang. And there is that feeling of connection. But, and I can remember, you know, so I've I've been guilty of many of the things I often talk about. But that I think with that brings awareness when you do it yourself and you become aware of the negativity of it. Yeah, I can remember hardly being able to type on the keyboard because you're shaking so much. Well, that's the cortisol mm-hmm. pounding through your system, isn't it? So it's not, you say, on the surface, it feels like one thing, but underneath what's happening is really not so healthy. And that is absolutely what I see. And I think the thing that I find disturbing is what floats to the surface with it. So just these two sort of, and it usually is trying to push people further and further away. So it is usually two sides battling what tends to float up to the surface, the kind of the personal comments that come out and the kind of stuff that comes out, especially when you're talking about the two people I was talking about, a young black woman and a middle-aged white man. It's not going to take you much of a stretch of your imagination to imagine what kind of stuff starts floating up to the surface. And it's really not nice. And I find it... Yeah, it really, I find it disturbing that, you know, these, mm-hmm. these people are, are out there thinking these things and putting 
um, well, not exactly a voice them, but putting words via a keyboard. It's, um, yeah, it just, it just feels like we need to actively counter some of that. And I think you, yeah, you really got to the heart of it there that it kind of feels like one thing on the surface, but it's, it's something very, but it's just being aware of these, you know, these headlines and these pictures are there. Mm-hmm. As someone, someone very well known in the low carb community, I'm not going to name him, but he has been posting more and more divisive memes and articles and people are just commenting on the headlines. And there was one recently, it was an anti-trans meme and an article. And do you know, I actually went to look at the article because I thought something about this doesn't feel right. The images that they'd used, it was, um, and I can't remember which one, but it was one of the Williams sisters. They'd either, there was a picture of Serena and it was Venus or vice versa with another player who they'd got completely wrong. When I actually clicked on the article, it said in the first paragraph that it was an AI generated article, basically done to be divisive and it was fake. And it said that in the first paragraph, yet nobody really, or very one other person commented, I think this is a fake article. People haven't even bothered reading the article they just took the headline and the images on faith and they started spewing anti-trans stuff in the comments Mm -hmm. and that's what seems to be happening more and more and more and more Mm -hmm. and that's what i find really really disturbing so you know i just small acts of kindness maybe little by little and like they mentioned in this article, actually being aware of it and keeping track of it and sort of building that momentum mm-hmm. in your own mind might just help. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's important too, based on this discussion, Daisy, is that just like many other changes we want to make in our life, we have to make a very conscious effort to start the practice regularly. And I think it's one thing to just say, I'm going to be kinder or I'm a kind person and that's enough. No. Where do you show your kindness? How often through the day do you make a kind comment, do a kind gesture and really work on, you know, maybe even tracking that for a while and seeing, like you said, people who are practicing this practice for this many weeks, these benefits start happening. So I think for many of us, it's, it's more than just making a kind of conscious um, intention. I'm going to work with more kindness. I'm going to instill this in my daily life more versus what will that look like for you? How will you do that? When I was a teacher, I remember this being a very positive thing. And of course, I did it short term. And then, of course, you know, it kind of fell off in time. We had these things at my school called good deed slips. If you caught someone doing something good, you gave them a good deed slip. And there, there was a little bit of a drawing they would be entered into or something. But I would just fill out every day maybe five good deed slips, which made me look for good deeds more. Mm. It made me identify positive things people were doing more. I started sending some notes home for my students 
hopefully for parents who hadn't really gotten positive feedback about their kid. And I just sent home a note that said, I just wanted to let you know how much I'm enjoying having so-and-so in class and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Again, benefited them, benefited me. But I had, I had to make it a rule for myself. Terry, you have to do five good deed slips a day. Otherwise, it was just an intention and I didn't actually do the practice. So I hope that from listening to this today, everyone will really look at, for my benefit and for everyone else's benefit, where can I bring more kindness into my life toward myself and toward others? I like that. So just as, you know, although I haven't gone into the detail of it, mentioned a few studies that kind of proves the the scientific reasons why it's good for your health, you sort of approach this in kind of a scientific way, a scientific experiment of one, of keeping track of it. And yeah, as you're saying, just approach it in that kind of way rather than just thinking, yeah, just just be kind. Because you see that all the time, don't you? You see the memes. Yeah, just be kind, be more kind. But how are you actually going to go about it? Absolutely. So on that note, me being uh, me being very ranty, but talking about being kind, we're sort of wrapping up the end of our Monday mindset year. When this comes out, we'll be well and truly heading towards Christmas. And we're going to take a couple of weeks out and each of us choose a repeat to bring you. So you won't be left with nothing to tickle your earbuds if you choose to share some time with us over the Christmas holiday period. But we'll be taking a little bit of a time out and be back with you in the new year. We'll probably do a pause, reflect back on a few things episode to kick off the new year with. Sounds great, Daisy. I'm looking forward to the repeats that we choose and also that reflection and catch-up time that we do at the beginning of the new year. So in the meantime, have a very wonderful few weeks. Have a very wonderful holiday. I hope everyone at home has some nice plans and we'll see you back here in 2024. Take good care, everyone.